I had been um, going to retreats for years, maybe maybe a decade before I had an interview with Upandita, the Buddhist teacher uh, from Burma, who had been a teacher of uh, Sharon and Joseph. And I learned a lot of important things. He came to one retreat, uh, and uh, I had the opportunity of seeing him for practice interviews. And uh, he would ask when you came in, uh, you came in and you bowed and you sat down and he said, when you are most clear in your sitting practice, what's it like? And then he would say, when you said something, it starts like this and then it's like that and then it's like that and then it's like that, or however you answered it. And then he said, when you are most clear in your walking practice, what's it like? And then you say, well, I do this and that and this and that, and this happens. Then he said, and how is it in the in-between times? And I thought, ah, this means, I actually got the point after a while, that there are no in-between times. That what we are doing is we're practicing all the time. Say, I have to run to practice, I haven't practiced... They don't make sense, those things I haven't practiced in years. We're practicing every minute. This is what's going on. What should I do now? And one hopes that having practiced training the mind to stay clearly with equanimity, seeing clearly, pausing, reflecting, feeling the the experience in your body, in your mind, then what we do in the in-between times and in the times whether sitting or walking, standing or lying down, one should sustain this recollection. May all beings be at ease. And that might take the form of saying, what's happening now? What's happening now? What's happening now? So the instruction book for how should I pay attention to what's happening now so many things are happening now. It's happening in uh, experience. The breath keeps inexorably going in and out and in and out, if we're lucky. At just as the sun inexorably comes up and goes down and goes up and goes down. And we get sleepy and wakeful and sleepy and wakeful and hungry and sated and tired and invigorated. So one possible answer to what happened to you today as you were paying attention all day, you could say, I had an ongoing tutoring and everything passes. It was this and then it was that, and then it was this and then it was that. And in fact, that's really what we're meant to do. An overview of saying, doesn't matter after all how many in-breaths or how many out-breaths you took in a day. Matters that you see all the things are passing. Everything that arises passes away. And in really a straight line to a conclusion, the more deeply it's been for me that I've known that, the more I am, (gasps) this life only happens and this moment only happens once. This is a very precious life. One of my teachers said to me, it's your life, Sylvia, don't miss it. I don't want to miss it by being lost in fantasy. 
or torn up by confusion or grief or anger. Or, I don't want to mortgage any amount of my mind to mind states that confuse it. I want it to be unconfused because I, in that unconfusion, one way or another, we begin to realize that everybody is dealing with stuff. Everybody wants to be comfortable. Everybody wants to feel at ease. There's so many things to not feel at ease about. Don't miss the moment strategizing about the next one. So I'll remind you, as we sit here today, of the four ways in which we pay attention. One, when you get home, you can look up the four foundations of mindfulness. But we've done them all this week, one way or another. So I'll remind you. That particular sutta starts with the words, this is the sole way. This says, this is the sole way, oh monks. So I like to say it is, this is the sole way, folks, for the ending of grief and lamentation and arriving at peace. The practitioner sits down I think it says the practitioner sits down under a tree, but I'm not sure about that. But we are not sitting under trees. We're sitting here and every place else. The practitioner sits down, has a pose that's upright and still, if they can be, and becomes aware of the breath and the breath in the body. The breath coming in, and the breath coming out without us doing anything about it. It just happens. It's a miracle. This body in sync with all the greenery that's left in the world is open to being oxygenated every other breath, every breath on the in. And then we breathe out all the carbon dioxide that the green world needs to breathe in. So in a sense, when I think that, I realize that the greenery and I are giving each other artificial respiration. We're breathing into each other. I breathe out the carbon dioxide the plants need, and they breathe out the oxygen that I need, and that's true for all oxygen-breathing beings. And it's true for all plants. And it just happens as long as this body is healthy and as long as the planet can sustain it. So I'll be quiet a few moments and I'll invite you feeling erect and present. Maybe delighted 
to discover that without your doing anything about it, the next breath arrives, and the next breath arrives, and the next breath arrives. We'll sit for maybe a few minutes, feeling the breath arrive, particularly keeping in mind the instruction in the sutta and the instruction we've given here is the breath and the breath in the body. We know breath is coming in and out because the body expands and then relaxes, sits more up and then relaxes down because each breath echoes through the body and you might be paying attention to it in your lungs or in your belly or in your shoulders rising and falling or in your nostrils feeling the rush of air through them on your upper lip feeling the very subtle feeling of breath coming out through your nostrils, wherever you decide, be with the breath and the breath in the body. For a few minutes, establishing yourself, breath and breath in the body.
So it often happens, and you probably all have the experience of feeling, yes, yes, I'm here with my body and my breath, and I feel it in and out and in and out. Just really feeling it in your nostrils, in your chest, in your belly, in your whole body. And then all of a sudden, you have the awareness, oh, I'm not here. All of a sudden, some story is unfolding in your mind or a plan or a conjecture or a thought. It's not a mistake. That's also happening now. And I found for myself that the most comfortable way to be back in my breath is to really recognize that the breath is also happening feels like the attention has wandered off to Hawaii and Christmas and whatever else. But the breath is always here. I've just accidentally picked up something else that's here, like Hawaii or Christmas or something. And so in a moment I say, oh, and the breath is out and in. So I don't need to struggle with bringing the attention back. It's already there. It's just not primarily there. So it's like um, a card trick where somebody says, pick a card, any card. I say, oh, I want to pick my breath. It's already there. It's happening. I'm in Hawaii and it'll be good. And oops, I'm breathing out and I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. Don't have to be a struggle. It's already there. Just feel it. It's already there. The breath and the breath in the body.
you can always bring your attention to the top of your head and scan down through the body. Just as we've done, had instructions for during the week. Just as you've done in the movement classes, feeling each moment in all of your body. The breath and the breath and the body. Every moment of experience that arises has a feeling tone about it. We've talked about moments arise that are pleasant and moments that are unpleasant, moments that are more or less neutral, which we tend not to notice so much. So whether the attention is in the body or the breath in the body, even on the body as it walks, moves around, eats lunch, looks at the lunch, goes through all the movements of the day, every single moment really comes with a feeling tone. Often we don't notice it because it's not dramatic. As you're sitting, maybe feeling the breath and the body. Maybe you notice, this is pleasant. This is pleasant. really a time often that the mind says, okay, really this is pleasant, I'm doing it right, this is great. What was I doing? I was leaning a little bit to the right and I was breathing in super deep. That's how come it's pleasant. It's just pleasant. You don't need to strategize with it. Or it's an unpleasant moment, you think, oh, I ate too much for breakfast. I should not have had that muesli. It's got too much sugar in it. Now I'm sleepy. Tomorrow I'm not having... Just, it's okay. It's okay. And here's my body, reliably breathing in and out. Choose another card. The card of right here, right now.
settling into the breath and the breath in the body. Just as we notice the sense of the body, the breath, and the breath and the body, how the physical body feels from moment to moment. Notice how the mind feels when it's predominant. Mostly rest and just here right now. when it becomes suddenly aware to you that some mind state has arisen that's distracting, perhaps you discover that your neck hurts or you ate too much for breakfast or something happens. So the mind is discouraged or... You think, oh... Tomorrow I'm not going to do that, or at home, or just my fault. Look what I did. I screwed it up again. Don't do all that. You know, I'm tired. And here I am, and my breath is coming in and going out. It's just a mind state. It's a squiggle in the mind. Other things are happening like you're breathing in and out. And you can shift to that. Say, and I'm breathing in and out. See if you cannot make a story out of it. Sometimes there's a really a mind state that's quite lovely. You think, oh, I feel good. This is great. Hi, finally, I feel good. What was I doing? I was leaning forward. Now I'll lean forward. Now I'll lean back. Now I'll strategize. What should I do? And I'm breathing out and I'm breathing in. That card is always there to pick. And I'm breathing out and I'm breathing in. I'm alive.
not about developing a mind that doesn't feel delighted or doesn't feel sad sometimes. And you can say to yourself, I'm delighted or I'm sad and it's all okay. And I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. It's really the practice of equanimity. This is what's happening now. This is what else is happening. But breathing is happening. Being alive is happening. Having a mind that responds quite naturally to pleasant and unpleasant by being delighted or troubled. And in all those cases, to be able to say, and it's okay. This is what's happening now. And I'm breathing in and out. And I'm alive. And I'm here. It's really the practice of equanimity. It's a place that we're able to say, this is what's happening now. Let's see what happens next. It's a practice of not struggling with whatever arises, acknowledging it, The experience of being able to acknowledge what's happening and the mind stays. I'm despondent, I'm overjoyed. Well, phew, finally I feel good for a minute. Whatever it is. The ability to say, this is what's happening now. Let's see what happens next. It's really the position that the mind, we hope, will be in in order to remember what's true, in order to know in some very fundamental way what's true. Every moment arises and passes away. and is gone. It makes life more precious. Fourth foundation of mindfulness is mindfulness of the truth, mindfulness of the Dharma, 
is really wisdom. It's all the practices that we do here, have been doing all week, and hope that we're doing in our life. Really discovering moment by moment that meeting our life as a friend each moment with awareness, wisdom, compassion, all the flavors of goodwill. Metta. Goodwill towards all beings. From some profound awareness that all beings are in the same situation. We're all vulnerable to old age and sickness and death and disappointment and grief and loss and pain and hopes that don't come true. And we want so much for our own minds to be at ease. to really discover that really the end of suffering is to wish for all beings because all beings, well, we especially know about human beings ourselves, that when our mind is awake and our heart is open, that we really wish for all beings May they be peaceful and happy and come to the end of suffering. Not the end of troubles, because there is no end of troubles. Every life is full of everything. Sometimes I think to myself, everything happens to everybody. But it doesn't mean that each one of us has the same life. But we all have variations on the theme of I wish so much to be well. And free of suffering.
what we're all trying to do is habituate our minds to a kind response. I think to myself about equanimity as a Brahma-vihara being really synonymous with wise. The Eightfold Path is wise intention and wise understanding and the three variations of um, wise action, wise livelihood, Mm. wise action, wise livelihood, wise speech, (laughs) wise speech, which actually I always think about that, that um, it's funny because speech is an action. Why do they have a separate one about wise speech? I think because we speak, we talk so much and it's an easy way to get confused. That's why it's such a relief to be on retreat. You don't have to talk to anybody. You can't make a mistake. And wise effort, wise concentration, wise mindfulness. Really what wise effort is, is the effort moment to moment to be aware of the presence or absence of ill will in any of its forms in the mind. It's got four parts. Noticing the absence of ill will in the mind and trying to keep it that way. Noticing the presence of ill will in the mind And finding some counteractive move, which is kindness always, more wisdom. Everyone is suffering. Noticing the presence of ill will in the mind and deciding, what can I do? Noticing the absence of ill will in the mind and deciding, okay, good, I want to really consolidate that. This is not a quiescent practice. All the time we can be thinking or realizing, my heart's in a good place, I feel goodwill towards all beings. Or, goodness, I've just thought about this or that painful situation in the world. And my mind has responded with some variation of ill will or some variation of goodwill. It's really about noticing the presence or absence. For myself, I think my most important practice is may I meet this moment fully, may I meet it as a friend equally portable I can be using that as I'm sitting here or sitting at home 
or waiting for a light to change that it's taking too long or becoming or almost becoming annoyed at the supermarket checker who is taking too long getting up to me having conversations with people some annoyance arises in the mind and I think to myself May I meet this moment fully? May I meet it as a friend? Or may all beings be peaceful and happy and come to the end of suffering? So there are no in-between times. Paying attention to the breath, the breath in the body, feeling tones that arise that catch your attention. Salubrious ones like thought of um, compassion for the whole world. I remember once saying to my meta teacher, Sharon Salzberg, I feel like my mind is filled with compassion for all beings and feels lovely, but I'm not clinging to it. Not holding on to it, I said. And she said, why not? I was trying to be a good Vipassana student, you know. But really, that's cultivating metta, just as we've been doing at night every day, the different varieties of equanimity expressing itself as metta and compassion and delight in other people's good fortune, which is really hard sometimes, requires equanimity in one's own mind. And really wisdom. The breath and the breath and the body always in change, moment to moment, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, always changing mind states delighted, despondent, grieving, grievous, hopeful, they keep on changing. to not be distracted by it, and to notice when they are salubrious states, compassion, goodwill, 
delight in other people. That they're the antidote to one's own suffering. Over all the years of practicing metta, metta in all of its permutations, metta for benefactors, metta for friends, metta for people we hardly know, it's become very clear more and more, and I think this is really the essence of wisdom, is that I am the principle, even though I am addressing my compassion or my goodwill to somebody else or some group of people, that I am always a principal beneficiary of my own benevolence. I think we all are. We'll sit quietly for a few minutes. May all beings be peaceful and happy and come to the end of suffering.
Thank you, Sylvia. Ah. Yeah, that, exactly. Ah. Ah. Hmm. When Sylvia gives guided meditations, I feel bathed in equanimity and loving kindness. Don't you? Yeah. So, a few announcements. The laundry. So today is the last full day of practice. You still have a full day of practice. So if you notice the mind wants to pop out, start to think about tomorrow, the next day, okay, sweetheart, there's still a full day of practice here. You've built up to this. You have so much momentum. You have so much momentum. Please don't squander it for the sake of yourself and everyone else. Please don't squander it. Stay. Remember the cartoon with the two dogs? Stay. (laughs) Stay. And given that it is the last full day of practice, this afternoon there is one shift in the schedule. And the shift in the schedule, which you see posted, is that the 3.30 period... After, so the 3.30 period, the 3.30 sit is going to be uh, a special sit today where Sylvia will share teachings and there also will be closing announcements. So, so please, everyone, come to the 3.30 in the hall and the Rainbow Sangha uh, sit will instead today be at 6.45. So that will move, okay? Because it used to be at 3.30, but now it's going to be at at 6.45. Okay, so keep that in mind, please. And the practice um, meeting schedules today, today is, what day is today? Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. (laughs) I know, when I'm on retreat, I remember as yogis, I'm like, well, what day was it? So there was a quiz, you all passed. It's Saturday, so we have the, so if you had a practice discussion yesterday, raise your hand. Okay, all right, put your hand down. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand up, raise your hand. If you had a practice discussion two days ago, you have a practice discussion today. And they're all posted this morning and please see where you are with which teacher, a different teacher, different room. And, um, and we look forward to seeing you today. Um, let's see. One more thing. Yes. One more thing is um, there is a note that maybe there is <clears throat> more coughing or seems like there might be something viral maybe in the hall. If you are noticing you're a little scratchy in your throat or or coughing, mask up, mask up for your, for, to support everyone else, to support everyone else, to supporting everyone. And also there are COVID tests available if you want to, to test, but you know, you, we know our own bodies. We know if it's just, I don't know, is a trickle, tickle, 
tickle in the throat or it is over feeling achy in something. So let's take care of each other as a community without getting fearful, but you know, having a sense of equanimity and care. And maybe it was just allergies, whoever was having the, the uh, sneezing or whatever. So just taking care of each other. So, see you in the groups for those of you who have practiced discussions today. And see you all here in the hall at 3.30. And just to say, yes, the period before that is the movement period, and that will end 10 minutes early today. So you have time to, to take care of your bodies and bio, uh, bio break. So see you all back here at 3.30 today. Have a great day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.